<clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, Gasbook Podcast, Innkeeper Freddy. Thanks for joining us. The Rundown, Union Inn, 1112, 3rd Street, Northeast, Washington, D.C. Steps to Noma Gallaudet Metro. Nice, brisk walk to Union Station and a leisurely jaw to the Capitol, Capitol Hill where there's snow on the ground. People are sledding probably right now. Actually, I don't know. The flurry looked like it dried a bit, but we had a snow from before. And we're probably going to get some snow this weekend. But I'll tell you what else is happening this weekend. The Women's March. And we have a group of six total. Six, yeah. Yes, six young ladies that uh, came all the way from Lincoln, Nebraska to join us uh, for the uh, Women's March. Yeah. And uh, I, I told them about the podcast. They were like, yeah, most definitely. So here we are. Please welcome uh, here we are. Maddie, Rachel, and Cece. How y'all doing? We're doing good. Good. All right. So while you all live in Nebraska, I believe Rachel, Cece, you all live in, you are from Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yes. But Maddie, you're from Orlando. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what drew you to go all the way from Orlando to Lincoln, Nebraska? Um, I grew up in a small town, less than 500 in Nebraska, and my parents went to UNL um, themselves. Um, and so, like when we when I graduated high school, I just went to have a clean slate, meet new people, and I really loved the campus. I fell in love with the campus. Okay. That I visited. And. It's funny, you being from Orlando, but you say you love the cold. I do. <laughs> do you know where that comes from at all, or just... I grew up skiing. Okay. Um, and I don't know, I just I've always love the snow, and I love the four seasons in Nebraska. Yes. Honestly, you get though, all four like, seasons. Our winter in Nebraska, like, ten years ago, was so much colder than it was before. Like, growing up, Halloween was canceled a couple times wow. because it was that cold in October. And these days, I mean, like, we'll get snow, but it won't stay. And it used to be, like, you didn't see the ground for the three The wind is months. what is bad the about wind, Nebraska, yeah. period. Oh, That's the worst part of winter. But That's anymore. why I was telling my boyfriend, like... Oh, it's great here because there's no wind. Yeah. It's probably the same temperature, but I used to call this it's September <laughs> for real. So speaking of wind, um, is is this tornado territory? So Lincoln's in a bowl. There's yeah. a lot of tornado. It is in like the tornado alley, but Lincoln's in a bowl shape. So how it works is like tornadoes don't tend to touch down in Lincoln because it's hard for them to hit the bowl. So uh, when there's a tornado warning in Lincoln, people like grab a pack of beer and go to a roof. Like if a tornado ever came to the city, it would be catastrophic. There there was a tornado in the city. There's a movie about it. That was a long time ago, though. That wasn't recent. Yeah, it was like in the 90s, I think. But... People watch the tornadoes, though. We it's, are, it's a thing you that we're aware People are from Lincoln based on, like, tornado, let's go. Or, like, tornado, should we go downstairs? Wow. And so is it, is it just Lincoln or is, is the bowl big enough to include other cities? I think it's I just think, Lincoln. I, I think, think it's Lincoln's pretty much Lincoln. actually starting to, like, expand out of the bowl. Okay. To small. I don't know enough about that, but there's definitely like towns in Nebraska get wrecked every for sure tornadoes for sure. In fact, we had a small town uh, when I was in high school in Lincoln that just got wiped out. I can't remember what. Yeah, decimated, completely destroyed. Whoa! And how far away is this from Lincoln? Mm, Don't know. I think it was out west. I think it was a long ways away. Okay. Hours, yeah, I would say. I don't know though. Now, how far are you from Omaha? One hour, forty-five minutes. In which direction? Miles. Uh, Omaha would be north, uh, east, a little bit. Okay, and so just so those who are unfamiliar with the geography of Nebraska, where is Lincoln in respect to the whole state? It is in the southeast part of the state. Okay, and that's Central Time, right? Yeah. Yep. And if you go all the way to the west in Nebraska, that's mountain time. Yeah. All the way. Okay. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's an hour to the Nebraska border. I think Scott's Bluff might be on mountain time, and that's probably the biggest city in the west. It starts where (coughs) Ramita is, and then it goes over. Okay. And so other big cities that are nearby, people either come from or people travel to from Lincoln, what are those? Kansas City. Okay. And how far away is that? 
three hours. Yeah. And that's south, right? Yep. Okay, what else? I go to Chicago or Denver. Those are eight hours either way. Mm-hmm. In opposite directions of each other, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. I guess Minneapolis is yeah, about eight hours to too. Minneapolis pretty frequently. Okay. And so, Maddie, you said you, you skied when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, being closer to the mountains now, do you find you ski a whole lot now, too? I go frequently, yes. Okay. So, where do you typically ski at? I grew up skiing in Copper. Um, a lot of college kids over spring break or winter break, they go to Breckenridge, mm-hmm. Keystone, um, Vial a lot. And this is all in Colorado? Mm-hmm. Do people ever go north, like, I, I don't know, Montana or... Wyoming, where there might be like other skiing, because that's where Jackson the Hole gnarly outdoor people go, okay. like the people that want to go, that are about like ice fishing, and the people that are like, like Lauren's brother is like super into gnarly outdoor stuff, and he's like he lives in Denver, but his next step is Wyoming. Once he like truly dedicates his life to the outdoors, he always says that it's gonna be like Montana or Wyoming. That's funny. So it's like if if you're really, really, really into being an outdoors person, yeah. you go to Wyoming. Right. It's like Denver's like the step you take to like prioritize outdoors in your life. <laughs> yeah. And then like once you've fully made the change, you go to Wyoming. Hilarious. And then you just become Wyoming. <laughs> you are Wyoming. You are Wyoming. <laughs> you are Wyoming. Yeah. All right. So you all are right on the border with Iowa, right? Mm-hmm. Right. All right. And you'd said there's a bit of a rivalry that's going on between the two states. It's like sibling rivalry. It's rivalry that I just witness and don't partake in. Yeah. There's a big football. Okay. The Huskers are like the state religion of Nebraska. And Scott Frost okay. is the Jesus Christ. Frostafarians. Who's like, Frost? He is the coach. Yeah. The Nebraska Cornhuskers. Okay. He used to coach for University of Central Florida, um, and so Nebraska decided to hire him. Okay. He is their hero. And how long has he been coach? Uh, a year. A, a year. year. Oh wow! And uh, he's and but he played for Nebraska. He was the quarterback under you. Tom Osborne, to my knowledge. Okay. And he, it was during our glory days when we were national champions. And. Yeah, 95, I better not quote on the years or someone's going to call me out. But, um, yeah. And then uh, he came back. It's really the second coming of Christ. Uh, People act like it. Memorial Stadium, which is like the Husker football stadium, mm-hmm. is the third largest city in the state. Wow. Yeah. When, during a football game. Yeah. And the, how many how many people does that stadium hold? 90,000. 90, wow. And it's every game sold out. I bet. And the thing is, Nebraska doesn't have any professional sports. Like, Husker football is it. Like, you grew up going to Husker football games. Like, that's what a lot of people do during their childhood. I didn't... Okay, so I was, like, really oblivious as a kid. (laughs) Um, And neither of my parents are from Nebraska. And I did not... Like, I knew in, like, a meta sort of way that the Huskers were a big deal. But it wasn't until I started working in a restaurant that was, like, two blocks away from the stadium. I was floored. It's a zoo. Everywhere. People are, like, getting wasted at 7 in the morning. Yeah. And the bar and restaurant I specifically work at is, like, where, like, apparently Tom Osborne used to eat there. I definitely serve his son sometimes. Like, a lot of the Husker players used to go in there. We still do a pep rally. We're, like, one of the only restaurants that the band and the cheerleaders come to, and... It's like kind of like the home of the Huskers restaurant. And so I see a lot of it during game season. I mean, it's just bonkers. You can like barely get in there. And and the other thing about Huskers is they're dedicated. Like there, there are Husker bars in other big cities like Chicago. There's one in Orlando where I'm from, Denver. They're all over and people travel. Yeah. All the way across the state. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got these two guys from Pennsylvania for one. They were from Philly, and they were like these two rough-and-tumble-looking guys, and they were sitting at the table I was serving, and I looked at them, and I was like, what are you guys, what got you into the Huskers? And they were like, oh, you know, when we were kids, our favorite color was red, so... We just chose to go with the Huskers, and so they traveled all the way to Nebraska to go watch a game. It's funny how simple decisions you make as a child can, like, 
alter the course of your life. Right? Like, they can determine vacations you take on later in life. Right? Yeah. Crazy. And so, do people come from outside of the state? Oh, oh yes. Yes. Uh, my dad's the youngest of seven. They're all from Nebraska. We have some um, celebrity fans. Gabrielle Union's always repping gosh. the Huskers. Um, Matt Damon comes to some of the games because I think one of his nephews, don't quote me on that, like some relative he had played on the Huskers. So Is he Marquette definitely checked out Nebraska? some games. What? Marquette. The school Marquette. Uh, no. Because I know Gabrielle Union's married to Dwayne Wade. Gabrielle Union's from Omaha. Did not know that. She grew up in Omaha. She loves the Huskers. She comes to, like, quite a few games. And Ashley um, Graham, the supermodel, she's from Lincoln. Okay. And she reps, she reps the Huskers a lot in interviews and stuff, so. Okay. So, uh, Cece, you had mentioned that you are, you graduated with mm-hmm. a major in Greek Roman classics? Yes. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. What drew you to that? What? Um, I love ancient history, um, and I've always liked learning about really, really old things. Um, and what I, in my heart of hearts, I really wanted to do Near Eastern studies, which would be like the Middle East, like Sumer and Babylon, like the dawn of advanced civilization. But uh, UNL doesn't have that, so I went with classics because it was the closest. And um, I'm really glad I did that because I think like classics is a humanities major that really emphasizes a lot of discipline. Um, And I want to be a writer, so I think I learned a lot about like technical writing and proper form a lot more than I would have in like an English major. Is that iambic pentameter? Uh, that'd be that... like Shakespeare. Uh, the That's, okay. Greeks wrote in iambic tetrameter. Okay, what is that? Uh, so it's I want to say th- it's three syllables is your I am. So you've got two stressed and an unstressed, but you can also have two stressed syllables and have three beats in the meter. And I want to say there's five in it, mm. um, but it's really, really. And so, was this mostly done to music, or was this done, like, more sing-songy, or is it mostly just speaking in that sort of rhythm without a backing? Well, they would sing a lot of songs, and, like, you always start with, like, a hymn to Zeus or Dionysus in the Greek plays. Um, I don't think most of them were songs, but ancient Greek was a tonal language, so there was, I mean, and it's in I Am, so it's definitely written to have a certain cantor to it okay have you been to greece or italy i've been to both okay and do you have a favorite child uh oh gosh um one of my favorite places we went to in greece was this island that had a tomb to a goddess aspasia who was like worshipped way before athens rose up and was like a big deal um and every time something fell off part of the temple, you would like bury it ceremonially. So they had all these statues everywhere or parts of the temple. And if it fell, you like buried it, like put it to rest like a person. And I thought that was really interesting. Interesting. All right. And you've been there how many times? I have only been once. Okay. Either. All right. And you basically did all of Greece and then... Um. We didn't go too far north in okay. Greece. All right, but you saw like the the postcard picture with the oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. white buildings. So went to yeah, all the like major ancient cities like Sparta, Athens, Olympia, mm-hmm. Delphi. Did you do that with your class? Yeah, yeah. So a, that was like so this is during college. On, yeah, so these were both study abroad programs with school. So I hear that they can party pretty pretty hard out in Greece. Is that true? Yeah, <laughs> um, like it's it's, it's like it's a like a whole like a whole nother level from what <laughs> I I've mean, heard. I mean, I didn't do a whole lot of heavy drinking because we always had to be up at like eight in the morning mm-hmm. to go do things. But um, people there are so hospitable. I absolutely love Greece. Um, like sometimes you'll be sitting at a table and you'll say, "Okay, I'm ready for the check," and the waiter will just be like, "Well, you guys have time for dessert, right?" And they will just bring you a dessert and they will bring you rocky. Which um, is a Greek liquor. I think of it as backwards vodka. Is it like, it tastes licorice a little bit? 
No, it's not like ouzo. Okay. It's like it burns a lot in your mouth, but once you actually drink it, like it doesn't burn in your stomach. So it's like mouthwash? Yeah, no, it does not taste good. (laughs) (laughs) But it gets you there real quick. I can imagine. Okay, cool. And so you also went to Rome too? Yes. Okay, what do you think about that? Rome is gorgeous. It's a lot of super earth toned buildings. So like a lot of like oranges or reds and it's beautiful. Um, And if you go to Rome, you'll get lost just like it's a safe city and it's cool to be lost in because you'll stumble on something really neat um but like the streets are all there's no square streets um and they change names like every two or three blocks yeah that, that can so, do it to you um do you go to the vatican too as well yeah okay yeah, which was, which thing i like somehow had never seen a picture or like didn't remember what saint peter's basilica looked in so we were like standing in line forever and then i like wandered into the church and just my jaw dropped it was breathtaking um there's nowhere like it that i've seen at least it's amazing cool all right and rachel you're in business studies right Yes, uh, communication. This is communication. But I'm doing in transfer right now, so I'm really just taking general classes at the community college. Okay. At some point, will we be taking a class on social media? Ooh, I hope not. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's almost like you. you I, I, I'm saying this because I tried for the longest to stay off of social media, and now yeah. it's like I have to be on it, especially if you're going to be in With business, the, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and so it's like. I'm sure, I'm sure it will there's... become a part of, and you know, I do view it that way. I don't have social media. I deleted my Facebook as my New Year's resolution in 2018. Okay. And I haven't had Facebook ever since. It's been really awesome. And still on Instagram? I don't. What? Are you still on Instagram? No. Okay. No, Instagram. no Twitter? I have Snapchat. Okay. I have Twitter that I bear witness to, but I don't <laughs> add anything to the pond. Yeah. But you know. You're just lurking. I, yeah, I just see what our president tweets. And. <laughs> Like, uh, I, I do accept that I probably am going to have to incorporate social media at some point once I get my degree and start, you know, getting out there. But, uh, until that day comes, you won't catch me on it. So when you, when you graduate, do you want to basically, um, work in business or do you want to be an entrepreneur or, uh, you know, ideally I would work with. I mean, the the goal is to work for um, campaigning, hope potentially not as a face of a campaign, but as a but like behind the, the scenes, yeah. yeah, okay, and or um, working for you know a, a small company. I don't want to do any like a lot of communications people do HR or do like. Uh, work for there's a um big local publishing company in lincoln i could get a job with with a communications degree it's a big degree you can get a lot of you can do a lot of jobs with it okay it's expansive all right and maddie you're with women's studies right Mm -hmm. okay and so what made you want to get into women's studies i was originally a political science major okay and i wasn't really my cup of tea Um, i really like my english professor and i asked him if he was teaching the classes in the spring. Um, it was critical thinking and theory, so I was looking at different theories and how to analyze texts. We went over queer theory and feminist theory, and I was really intrigued. I asked if there were more classes on this, and my professor said that there was a whole major on it, and so I switched right then and there, and here I am today. All right, and, and what year in college does this happen? Uh, my freshman year. Okay. So spring of 2016. Good. Okay, cool. So you caught you early. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so, uh, are there any classes of note that you're taking now that are really striking a note with you, like you really like? Um, I'm taking the sociology of race and diversity. Um, I think that's a really important topic that it hasn't been addressed and needs to be addressed. Um, and I'm also taking sexuality in state, so we look on um, how policies affect um Laws like 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 a top down perspective. So how like certain policies affect 
Um, so, like, for example, like, sexual assault victims, like, looking on the variations between that. Um, also, transgender bathrooms, for example, would be, like, a modern issue mm-hmm. that we touch on that class. Okay. Are there any other issues, policy issues on a national level that you feel systemically women, minorities might be affected that if the law were changed in a certain way, possibly would address how they are being affected. Did I, did I say that right at all? Am I, did I confuse well, you with my question? When it comes to like law, I would say with healthcare. Okay. Um, I feel like healthcare is a big issue that a lot of uh, minorities and um, people of color um, really, especially in the lower class, I feel like that would have a huge impact on, on their lives. Um, but when it comes to like policy and like social attitudes, it's all about if you want social movements to happen, it always starts with grassroots. You always start, it's always started from like social pressure and NGOs and activists um, that change laws. Okay. So it's all about what the people want. So I can't speak for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it really depends on what group, what they want. Okay. Which brings us to the Women's March. The Women's so, March. Are you getting credit, like class credit for coming? Um, no. <laughs> okay. probably look into that. You right. for it. Right? You know? I yeah. already asked my African-American lit teacher for extra credit. She was like, we could probably work something out. And there you go, right? <laughs> you, you, ask, you, know, you know, you don't know until you ask, right? Right. Um, so what brought you all to want to come to the march? Or I guess, first question is, were you at the march last year? In Lincoln. In Lincoln. Okay, yes. in Lincoln. Okay. And so what prompted you to want to come to the district to the nation's capital to basically come see it this year well i was um invited by these guys you had planned it yeah so that's probably the reason but my driving force to go to the women's march i attended the two that we've had so far in lincoln and um it was a incredibly comforting i remember um I remember the day uh, of the election was heartbreaking. It was an incredibly hard day for me. And um, I was basically in tears all day. And then he was inaugurated um, in January. And I cannot ever remember having felt more comfort than when so many women and Lincoln and men and children turned out for that march like it was so heartwarming and it was like awesome and i want to do it on a bigger scale (laughs) yeah and i think turning out um in washington dc in the capitol in big numbers um is a really simple and effective way to make the point that a lot of people in the country feel like our president is um behaving poorly um and i think it gets people's attention more than calling your senator would or making an angry status on facebook exactly would. Yeah. i think by actually showing up and turning out and showing like this is important i am invested i'm paying attention and i feel like it holds me accountable yeah like i can't just sit there and say I mean, I don't have Facebook, but Mm -hmm. I remember the dynamic of Facebook. Actually, this election probably is what put the knife in my social media (laughs) account. It's so drawn out, but, but like, I remember just seeing everyone's opinions on everything, and this is like, okay, well, I'm actually going to do something, though. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to like fly across the country and attend this march and be a activist per se okay how about you for me it was the me too movement um my socialization sexual assault domestic violence um i worked with a local local organization voices of hope and i'm in a research lab where we work with sexual assault victims so when the kavanaugh case came about um, a lot of my friends, a lot of people I know, um, they were scared. Um, and then the Him Too movement came out. Um, Him Too? Him Too movement was about um, males who were falsely accused. Mm-hmm. And then there's a huge um, Twitter feed like about men being, like it's a scary 
time for men too. We need to be worrying about men. And I'm not saying like, like these things do happen, but statistically with research shown, um, you, someone is like, the, it's very minor. It's like 2% of sexual assault. Um, like when victims come out, like it's, it's very, it's only 2%. It's very small And it's number. just diminishing, period. Like, something that has gone so unaddressed in mm-hmm. society. It, it's not a coincidence that this came... That that is... That's like a rebuttal campaign or whatever. And I feel like this is, like, the next... I want to say this is the next big social movement, but it has been a big 2018 um, is the Me Too, Me Too movement. I mean, rape and marriage wasn't illegal until the early 90s Mm, didn't Um, know that and so i feel like there's just a lot of i feel like a lot of victims of sexual assault domestic violence are their voices aren't being heard so i feel Mm. like this march is a way to come together and like make your voice heard for the voiceless for me personally okay so uh is the march just that uh i believe tomorrow Mm -hmm. right is it and so are there a number of different things that are planned within the march or is oh, it yeah. just going to the mall and hearing people speak oh yeah no it's, okay it's going to the mall and hearing people speak okay. but uh there i mean we're gonna have a wine and sign night tonight where yeah. we drink wine and make our signs okay and, and, and so at, that's at the house. part of it too because mm-hmm. we i mean it's really a communal thing uh and it brings us all together are there any informal meetups with people that have been traveling from outside? Ooh, I'm sure there are, but uh, I you don't know. You know, now that you say that, I'm sure there are, but we don't know. There definitely are. Yes. There's a, there's, a, we, there's a public gathering at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Okay. And then the march starts at 11, and then the rally starts at 1. All right. Are there any speakers that you're looking forward to hearing? Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing. Uh, I believe Muhammad Ali's daughter is going to be there. Uh, Layla Le- Ali? Yeah, the, I believe so. And then uh, Ashley Judd gave a really cool uh, speech at the original Women's March, and she's going to be there. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. All right. Um, So today is January 18th, and um, on The Daily, which is the podcast the New York Times comes out with, uh, they had an episode covering, talking about the Women's March, uh, and they brought up an interesting... um, development in the women's march how it's kind of i don't want to say uh splintered but there's kind of a break in the different sides have you all heard about this um and has it affected um i guess how you all interact with the women's march what you think about the women's march or anything like that i have a rudimentary knowledge of what has been going on as far as the splintering of so how, how do you all understand the splintering is, has happened? So, I mean, the the original reason why the Women's March happened was because Donald Trump like became president. Okay. I feel like that was like the driving force. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like in any, I mean, technically we're in the fourth wave of feminism right now, of the feminist movement. Okay. Um, but I feel like in any movement, there it's always going to branch out because you're going to automatically be drawn to people with shared and similar experiences too and then you're gonna there's different reasons that's what's awesome about the women's march it's for everyone yeah you know everyone is here for a different reason Mm -hmm. and that's awesome you know like black lives matter transgender issues um the me too movement um like um more healthcare rights i mean there's there's even um, environmental feminists who are here. Like, I, like there's so many different groups here that I think you can't speak in generally okay. for the whole movement. But there so has many. been some, like, a legitimate, uh, I mean... Divide? Well, I've heard some... There was some suspicion that somebody within the... Was anti-Semitic. Semitic. And yeah. I don't know a lot about that i think someone i can't remember his name someone said something to her that was like anti-semitic and she agreed with it um so i believe on on the daily they were saying how um one of the lead organizers that was asked to be brought on 
was either sympathetic to or friends with uh, Louis Farrakhan, who has been on record as making anti-Semitic comments. Is have you have you heard anything different from that, or no. is it? I haven't heard there, anything okay. different from that, but I think that's what I had heard. And my opinion on that, it's hard to speak on something I don't know a lot about, but that is not why I go. Okay. And um, I also think that every everyone looks for a way to cast a bad light on someone. Hmm. I would hate to be famous or to have mm-hmm. any... I would hate that. I would never want that because I'm sure... I have friends who sympathize for something I don't agree with or who don't have a common, uh, don't agree with everything I agree with or adamantly believe in something I think is wrong. Well, and I mean, just because one person is associating with someone who is anti-Semitic doesn't mean that they necessarily agree with their viewpoints. And I think... A lot of the splintering that's happening is like, okay, like we are here, we are marching for women's rights, but now we're like spreading into different factions and mm-hmm. arguing amongst each other. And that's not how change happens. Yeah. Um, and it's always going to be an imperfect process and you're always going to be frustrated and disagree with people. Um, but it's not a good reason to stop moving yeah, forward. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a protest against an administration. Yeah. Simply, I mean, I think that's the founding. It is a protest against an administration. I don't have a care as to whether somebody who's, I don't know, like a leader in the movement is friends with somebody who has, I don't know, some weird ideologies. That's questionable for sure. That's something that uh, I would look into, but I don't. Uh, think that that points out that our president isn't still an awful person and that this administration doesn't care about us. Yeah. And so I'm going to keep marching. Okay. Uh, are there, so are, is there still one march or have does the splintering happen in such, to such a degree that there's two separate marches Ooh, or no, two or more different march, two or more different Not march. to my knowledge. Okay. No. I think some marches were canceled. Though. Some marches were canceled due to weather and then there were some marches. I think it was all about cost, though. Um, From what I heard, the Chicago one got canceled, but it was because of, like, the expense it was going to take and not uh, improper funds. Yeah. But I think that that was probably diminished because people saw... I think this is such a media thing. Like, this is so controlled by the media. Like, it's like when the Black Lives Matter movement that absolutely needed to happen in this country. And they were like... There was, like, some protests that were... Vi- there were some people that were violent. And so media, the media just like casted this dark light on something that we needed, you know, like, like it's, it's still a fact that black people die in astronomical numbers by the hands of police officers. And that's a thing that happens in this country. And the fact that there's a couple radical protesters at this movement that needs to happen doesn't diminish the fact that this is happening in our country. It's like the same thing for me, like, as far as the women's march goes. It's like, okay, the administration is still awful and we still need to figure out how to get through this and how to, uh, I mean, we have more women in office than we ever have. We have put a lot of women in positions of power since the first Women's March and that was the goal. Goals have been reached. So I just think it's all contrived by the media and like, I don't think individually, I could interact with just about anybody. I know people that love Donald Trump. I live in Nebraska. Like, I I work at a steakhouse in Nebraska. Like, probably nine out of ten people there like Donald Trump or at least don't think he's, like, the as awful of a person as I think he is. Yeah. And I will have a beer with them. I love them. Mm-hmm. And they're nice people. Mm-hmm. Now, Maddie, you, you, I think you, you wanted to say something? Sorry, I went on a tangent. Oh, I was just going to say, like, that's why like, uh, Omaha and Lincoln movement got moved to, the Women's March got moved to next weekend because of okay. really bad weather. The weather yeah. Got you. Okay. Um, you had mentioned something earlier also about the fourth wave of the women, feminist movement. 
Mm-hmm. So explain that. The, so if this is the fourth wave, what were the first three waves? So the first wave was women's suffrage in 1913, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Women's uh, right to vote. Okay. That's like well, I, I should say white women's okay. right to vote because they excluded women of color. Okay. Um, the second one was um, reproductive rights. I mean, it was it was all kind of it all kind of flowed together. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, I would say. Is like the 90s I mean like the AIDS crisis okay. and reproductive rights so like that all comes and like now we're kind of like in the start of fourth one okay. like, where we are addressing like all these social issues like Black Lives Matter trans rights um, the Me Too movement I would say those are some of the big ones indigenous women is starting to become more prominent and needs to, there still needs to be more awareness with that and I feel like she's right like it kind of has segregated like it kind of has separated but that that's the thing is people are going through their own things and other forms of oppression so they're gonna see to fit what is um their connection to yeah they're gonna they're gonna be an activist on the rights that they that they um are affected by okay right all right cool uh anything else about the women's march that Nope. No, 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 no. We covered it. I'm super excited about it. Yeah. And that is, we're having a fun girls trip and I'm having a lot of fun. And I like, Cece and I have been friends for a long time. Long time. And Maddie and I just have met each other over this weekend. Yeah. But like, it, it's, that's why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right. You ready for the seven questions? Yeah. All right. Question number one book to add to that library right there. But we don't get to know what's in that library. Well, yeah, you can. You just go up there and pull out a book and look at it, yeah. Okay. That's why I have them kind of that way. (laughs) It controls the color, and I put a smiley face on top, you know, (laughs) to to put the order. And then it's just like, if you want to check it out, you can just pull out the book and see. But what book would you add to the library? Uh, That's hard for me. Uh, I'm going to say The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss because... The main character is also an innkeeper, and ah. it's, it's a fantasy novel, so he was, like, this hero and went on all these crazy adventures and did all this cool stuff, but now he's, like, hiding away in an inn um, as an innkeeper, and no one knows. He's, like... Your answer is so much better than mine. Quothe the Bloodless. Um, I but like this that. guy called Chronicler finds him and tracks him down, and he wants to tell a story, so the... There's going to be three books. There's only two now. But the first one is the first day of this innkeeper telling him the story of, like, how he grew up, how he, like, got into school and, like, all the crazy stuff he did. And you're also an innkeeper. So I'm going to recommend that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Rose is, like, so beautiful. It melts my heart. It is so well written. Name of the Wind, right? By Patrick Rothfuss. Patrick who? Rothfuss. Patrick Rothfuss. Uh, R-O-T-H-F-U-S-S. Okay, cool. All right, Rachel? Um, I don't know any books about innkeepers. Well, I guess I would probably, when people want a book recommendation, I always say to read David Sedaris because he's my favorite person probably on the face of the earth. Is that a one day me speak pretty? Yeah. Okay. Me talk pretty one Me day. Me talk pretty and one day. That there you is go. the book I would recommend. All actually, right. I love that book, and I've met David Sedaris, and he is just a phenomenal person. Isn't he related to some uh, Amy Sedaris? There you go. Sister, yeah. she's my actual spirit animal. But <laughs> but David is just so funny, and that book is like you. It's just a feel good book. All and right, it's hilarious. All right, and Maddie. Um, I would say Hunger by Roxanne Gay. Okay. Um, she's a black feminist icon, and it's a memoir um, of her body um, and her struggles with her weight growing up. She's from Omaha. Okay. Um, and she um, went to a, a boarding school in London. Her parents were very well off. Um, she's Haitian, so she talks about her... Um, like what it's like being black, um, living in Nebraska, um, and her, like her struggles with weight and her, like 
just it's a really awesome piece that I really recommend. Mm. Uh, I like that. Cool. All right, two uh, podcasts to subscribe. Um, I'm gonna say the history chicks because that was like my gateway podcast Um, they basically will just pick a woman in history and it's two girls and then they talk about how she's important and what she did I like it I've loved that recommendation. Yeah, it's awesome. I got onto it. The hunger, the history chicks. The history yes. Okay. Listen to the one about Jackie Kennedy. Yeah. Um, it's she like had a, a crazy two or three life. parter. Do yeah. you like drunk history on Comedy Central? Yeah. Yeah, I love, yeah, drunk, I love history. drunk history too. I want to be on yeah. drunk history someday. That's like. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, right? That'd be so fun. So I wonder about that show. Is it? Do they give them the prepared thing to talk about, or does this is the person they bring on just naturally knowledgeable about that historical I event? Think you apply to be on it, like you already know the story. Okay. But I, I can't say I've looked into it too far. Gotcha. All right, Rachel. That would be awesome, and also I think you should do that because you definitely have like pretty good knowledge of some stuff that happened in history. Um, my podcast. Ooh. I mean, I feel stupid saying, but if any, if people hadn't listened to a podcast, I'm always going to say, listen to season one of Serial. Okay. Just probably the best podcast ever made, I'd say. But my day to day, I listen to Armchair Expert by Dax Shepard. Okay. And I think that that's really good. I love the fact that they do a fact check at the end and he calls himself out. Oh, that's pretty For cool. like 20 minutes sometimes on all the stuff he said that was inaccurate. I love that. And then he also interviews some really cool people, some really insightful people. And uh, sometimes he interviews people that I have no interest in that are just like random celebrities. But Dax Shepard, he was um, on a show on MTV back yeah, in the day. Yeah, he was on Punked. Punked, he's that's like what it was. famous. He's married to Kristen Bell, who's mm-hmm. like super famous. She mm-hmm. did the voice in Frozen. Okay, and uh, but he's really smart and and uh, yeah. I mean, most people, most most famous people are, are actually really intelligent. <laughs> most what? Most famous people are really intelligent. Yeah, something got him up there, huh? All right, all right. How about you, Maddie? Um, I listen to Father Mike Schmitz. Um, he's a Catholic priest. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think he just does a really good job of um talking about like being Catholic um, in the modern world um, I feel like I wouldn't I don't want to say the Catholic Church is like out he he takes it he approaches um, issues in a way that um, that people like my age like the younger generation can understand and and how to how to live that out okay that's cool I like that all right, CC. Something you didn't know you needed till you got it. Oh gosh, I don't even know. I, I've been thinking about this one a lot. I don't have oh, good really? answers. Uh uh-huh. Something. Okay, toaster oven. Okay. Ooh, that's because, something I think. Because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it. I always told myself like a microwave so much faster, but a toaster wave oven makes everything so much better. I yeah, especially memory. French fries. You need to reheat French fries. I mean, just you can't don't do it in a microwave. That in a microwave. No, you don't do that at all. Yeah. That sogginess will just ruin your yeah, day, no. you know? Toaster oven almost makes it better the second time. Right? Yeah, it's like you're too lazy for the oven, the full commit of, like, preheating your oven. Oh, no, no. no that's <laughs> but ridiculous. you don't want to do the microwave because then it's going to be gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also pizza, too, and bagels. Yeah. Dude, my boyfriend's mom cooks entire meals in their toaster oven. Like, she makes their baked potatoes in the toaster oven. She she makes, like, entire dishes. Not all heroes wear capes, no. I'm telling you. Let me tell you, that is so true about this woman, particularly. Not all heroes wear capes. All right. Blake. So how about you, Rachel? Um, ooh, something I didn't know I needed until I got it. Correct. Uh. Oh, I don't have a good answer for this. I can't. What's something I love that I? Oh, um, I don't know. I guess like 
my Amazon Prime account. Is that sad and pathetic? That's, that's fine. I thought like people really pay this much money to get like a discount on their shipping and handling, basically. But then there's like so many added bonuses to it, and now I don't leave my house more. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, Maddie. I'd say my my wireless Beats. They're super nice. I can charge them on the go. I'm a huge like gym rat, and so it's. It was so annoying, like, having regular headphones, and then I would be, like, doing reps or, of, like, squats or, like, deadlift or something, and I would have to stop because my, I know it's, like, so, something so simple, but, like, it makes my workout so much easier, and I can just, like, focus instead of, oh, well, I have to move this way, otherwise my... Oh, yeah, that is annoying. It's so it's the wireless aspect of it. Yes, the gotcha. wireless headphones, and I also, like, beats. I don't like... <laughs> AirPods, <laughs> if that's what everyone's into now. AirPods, is that the, that the latest? I don't know. I got the, like, $8 headphones from Walmart. I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> sure do. You know, but no, good sound good sound can make a, but that is a world annoying. of difference, oh, too. Sure. Yeah. The wire thing is annoying. I get yeah, annoyed because sometimes. Because they have affordable ones on Amazon. I also mm. love Amazon, so. I'm yeah. just always worried I'm going to lose them. Like, I'm going to lose one of them, you know? Like if I like if I put it down or something like that. Yeah, well they have ones they have wireless ones that connect that like you can get on Amazon. It's not like they're not like the AirPods, mm-hmm. but it has like a it's like Oh in the back. back. Okay. So but they're still wireless can... to the source. Yes, to your phone. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I've seen those. I have to look into that. Number four, bucket list place to travel. Um, from somewhere I've already been, that's really hard because I like to travel a lot. I'm gonna say Lisbon ha, ha, ha. Portugal yes um, because like I've been to Greece and Italy which I also recommend they're fantastic mm-hmm. uh, but we stayed in an Airbnb in the heart of like the touristy area mm-hmm. of Portugal and I never waited in a line longer than 10 minutes yeah. and so it's really cool to be able to go to all these old churches that it's not St. Peter's Cathedral but it's still really cool um and you can actually like interact with it more because you're not just around in a sea of people. People in Portugal were super friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the food is amazing, and it's also pretty inexpensive mm-hmm. compared to a lot of other places in Europe. Mm-hmm. So Portugal's rad. You speak Portuguese? Not at all. Okay. How about Italian? No. How about um, French? I'm working on Japanese right now. Wow. All right. <laughs> That's that's cool. Um, but I will say, anytime you travel to another country, always learn how to say yes, no, please, thank you, and excuse me. And those five words, like even if you're just gonna be somewhere for a couple days, it like it makes a world of difference. Making an effort, yeah. And it, yeah, yeah. People really makes appreciate that if you can just say thank you in their language. I took uh, Spanish in high school, and I I never was really fluent in it, but I I knew a little bit of stuff to get around. I thought that when I was in Lisbon that I could use Spanish to like uh-huh. get around. It's like, no. <laughs> Portuguese and Spanish. It's like Portuguese is one third Spanish, one third Italian, and one third French. Really? Oh, all really? in the same sentence. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like if you're doing this one thing or talking about this one specific thing, it's like mostly Spanish. It's like, no. Portuguese wow. is actually the most similar to Latin still out of all the Romance languages. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. My Latin teacher told me that, so I trust him. (laughs) Where else have you been in the world? Uh, England, Ireland, the Czech Republic, Japan. I think it's everywhere. Um, The in Italy that counts. The um, what I'm thinking on the oh the Vatican. The Vatican counts as another country. It is another country. country. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You're well traveled, (laughs) especially for your age. How about you, Rachel? Um, ooh, I'm well-traveled within the United States. Okay. I've not done anything Europe. I haven't done Europe at all. You know, I'm just going to say I think I think that of, like, Northern California. Like, San Francisco area, Oakland area, um, Mirror Woods in particular, where the, um, the Redwoods are, is uh, somewhere that is absolutely steal the breath out of your body beautiful and it's not too far and hard to get to 
Yeah. So how far is are this area where the Redwoods are? How far north of that is Ooh, from San Francisco? Couldn't say specifically, but I know it took us probably an hour to drive. Okay. And uh, it is... It's just like up a mountain, so it's. It, I would say an hour out of San Francisco. Okay, so the width of this house, yeah, brick to brick, like over in your house, is eleven feet two inches. Okay. Okay. Are the redwoods wider than that? Some. That's Probably. crazy. Wow. That's just crazy. And they're tall. Yeah. And they're like. It's crazy because of all the amount of fires that California's had, mm-hmm. how these trees have stayed like here for, I mean, some are like, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of years. Would I they mean, be it's... harder to catch on fire if they're so big? Well, yeah, I think so. And they also have this natural repellent. What? They have a natural fire repellent. That's awesome. Yes, it's crazy, dude. Mm, it sounds like we need more redwoods. It's yeah. beautiful. And you could hike in Mirror Woods for, you couldn't get through it in a day. I mean, I go, I've been a couple times and it's. Is it like a color, because I've never, because I've always wanted to go to the Redwoods. Is it kind of like Colorado hiking or is it like. Like you said, hiking. What do you mean, though? Is it mountainous, like flat? Is it, yeah, is it mountainous, or is it more, like, outdoorsy, like, kind of like mild hiking? Like, Well, it's, the Mirror Woods is very uh, tourist-y, so they've made trails that are both. They okay. There's trails that are friendly to people that don't hike, and there's trails that you have to be, like, a hiker to be able to do. It's it's a place I would tell any anybody that loves the outdoors to go to. Mm-hmm. How about you, Maddie? Um, it's a small, small little town in Peru. It's called Oye Taitambo. Um, gorgeous. Um, we stayed in this little town and with the host family and it's just beautiful. I mean, just the landscape. It's like, so it's like in a valley Um, and we, there's mountains that you can climb on the side and it's a lot of farmland and just the people, oh, it's just a beautiful culture and like we had an alpaca and so a lot of, you had an alpaca, like we ate, we ate alpaca. It was so good. It was so good. It tastes like steak. Um, and so a lot of Peruvian families, um, their sacred animal is a guinea pig. And so they'll have a whole room. Wow. Dedicated, so probably big as this living room to like the end of this white wall. Um, they'll have a whole room dedicated to guinea pigs, and they like let them like run around and breed, and like, and like they fatten them up and they eat them. Oh wow! Yeah, so guinea pigs are cute. Peru on the coast? Um, it's like in the mountains. Um, it's a five-hour drive from Machu Picchu. Okay. Um, from like the base of like where we hiked, because um, if you want to hike. Like from like the base of the camp all the way to Machu Picchu, it's like a two day, okay. whole thing. Arequipa, were you near there? Arequipa, Peru. Yes, uh, like two hours west. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, episode twenty nine. Uh, Alfonso Revilla. He's okay. originally from Arequipa, Peru. Okay. He was saying it's like right by the volcano. Okay. So you were you were a bit of the ways away from the volcano. Yeah, we were we were like more in the mountainous areas, like. Okay. Got you. All right, uh, number five, uh, fifty mile detour restaurant. Oh gosh, um, fifty mile. Uh, what is the stipulation there? What? Oh, I'm sorry. So, you're traveling from point A to point B, and you happen to be fifty miles within this restaurant, within this from this restaurant. It makes sense to detour off your intended path of travel just to eat there. Okay. Um, I'm terrible because I don't remember the name of this place, but in Florence, I went to this restaurant that was known for their steaks, um, and it comes with, like, the T-bone still in it, and it was literally, like, four fingers thick, the steak. It was incredible. Where was it at? Florence. Yeah. Um, and it's like right by the river that goes through the city too, so it's a really pretty walk. Okay, what was the name of this restaurant? I can't remember the name. Did you make a day trip to Tuscany? 
We did not. Okay. I, if we would have had more time, I really wanted to do some hiking there. But. Yeah, yeah, Tuscany, definitely. That's that's like one of those things, like, you know, if I'm lucky enough to ever get married, I'd definitely take my wife there and spend, like, a nice week there yeah. and do nothing except yeah. drink wine and charcuterie, eat charcuterie, yes. and just no no shoes ever. Just, just, just awesome. all socks, everything, if that. Yum. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. I grew up in Nebraska. This place I've been going to since I was little. It's called Boyd and Charlie's. B O Y D. B O Y D and Charlie's. Charlie's. It's in downtown Elkhorn, Nebraska. So it's like a suburb of Omaha. What's the city? I'm sorry. Elkhorn. E L K H O R N. And um, best beef brisket. I mean Nebraska. Like the beef of Nebraska is so good. Like. But their beef brisket sandwiches are really good. It's really it's a family-owned restaurant. I think it's been um, the top barbecue places in Omaha for the past six or seven years now. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite one in Lincoln mm-hmm. called Sultan's Kite. It's a little hole in the wall. It's Mediterranean food. They have so good. There's a lot of Mediterranean food in Lincoln, especially on O Street. But really? Yeah. But that's probably one of my favorite places to go. Okay, I found it. Okay. Um, it's Blue Collar in Miami. Okay. Amazing. It's like... What type of cuisine? It's American, but it's like New Age American. Okay. Um, really good. And I, I guess I would say that uh, Honest Abe's in Lincoln mm-hmm. is also a place they have a good burger and uh, they have some really original burgers. Mm-hmm. They're good. Okay. And they're cheap. They're like 10 bucks. So. Okay. I'm going to leave a blank spot here for uh, Florence and uh before you all check out, you gotta give me the name of that restaurant because I'm going there at some point. Awesome. Where? Awesome. I, I want, I want the, the four finger steak restaurant. Oh my god, it was amazing. <laughs> we have good steak in Nebraska too, though. We do. I can imagine. I agree. We know how to raise that beef. What's the best steakhouse in Nebraska? I mean, I'm super biased because I work at a steakhouse. Mm-hmm. But anywhere you can get an Omaha steak. Ah, I guess so, yeah, because they have the Omaha steaks where they deliver them and stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, is there, like, a name brand steakhouse in Nebraska that it's, like, everyone knows? That's the where I work. Okay, Misty's. Misty's, it's like, okay. Uh, our steak seasoning is, like, a household. It's, like, well, you don't know what Dorothy Lynch is either, but that's a Nebraska salad dressing. It's kind of like a Thousand Islands. I never had it. Dorothy Lynch is kind of like French dressing. It's okay. a little different, but, um... Misty's steak seasoning is uh, real good steak seasoning. Can you buy it in the store in Lincoln? Yeah, it's at like every grocery store. So I, could I go on Amazon and buy this steak seasoning? Ooh, maybe. But okay. you could definitely call our... Uh, we have like a seasoning uh, factory, I'm sure. So. All right, cool. Um, can I add one more restaurant? Okay. Uh-oh, let's go. Come on. <laughs> um, when I was in St. Louis, there's this place called Twisted Ranch. They make all their flavors of ranch. Um, like 20, they have like over 20 different flavors of ranch. And the food is phenomenal. It's like a little hole in the wall. It's a really small restaurant, but their food is amazing. A lot of, if you like fried food, that's the place to go. But if you're a ranch lover out there, like that, that is the place to go. Okay. All right. I like it. All right. Round the bend. Number six. Number one skill. Uh, so this is the one you learned, not a name? Correct. Okay. Uh, for that, uh, I'm a belly dancer. Uh, oh, so wow. I would say, like, dance and rhythm, especially. Like, when I started really young, but I, like, definitely had a bad case of white girl rhythm. <laughs> and Middle Eastern rhythms do not do, like your average four beat there's a lot of like messing around with like the down beats and stuff so they're really cool and they're really intricate but that took me a very long time to get used to okay yeah and you're good thank you that's awesome belly dancing i love going to her belly dance performances there's always some really eccentric people hanging out oh yeah and performing (laughs) 
Um, skill. Ooh, ooh. I don't really know. Something you had. To I'm work not. Hard? Something I had to work hard at. Let me think. Do you have yours? <laughs> um, I would probably say horseback riding. I was that crazy horse girl growing up, like Spirit and Oh Spirit awesome. and Black Beauty were my old time movies growing up. Um, but I work at an all girls Christian camp in Florida mm-hmm. every summer, and I teach horseback riding. So. Yeah. All right. And so do you own a horse, have a horse no, now? No, I've never owned a horse because they're really expensive animals. I can imagine. It's a lot of time and money and maintenance, and it's just always easier just to, like, go and ride and, mm-hmm. and leave. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so if someone put a horse in front of you, you would know how to put the saddle on and the stirrups and, the, the and all that stuff. And, and, and the girth. And, and, and do Western, all that stuff. too. We also do Western and English. Okay. When you say Western and English, what is that? So English is like, I would say a more formal style of writing. So mm-hmm. um, kind of if you think of like old English writing, like old English movies, like Victorian age. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also Hunter's Jump, which involves English, which mm-hmm. is like where you like jump. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's Western is more like rodeo style. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. And I came up with mine. What is it? I am really good at the card game speed. Ah! And I'm rarely beaten. It's true. <laughs> She's a beast. That's I the have one a deck of cards right here. I what carry is? them all the time. With you. The speed's the one where it's like you, you put them down and then if there's two in a row, you go like that? No. You okay. can do doubles. You basically do like two, five, two, uh, decks of five and then two just one one card one card and then you disperse the rest of the deck you can have five cards in your hand at all times you have to get rid of all your cards and you go like if these two cards are an eight and a seven you can on a seven you could lay a seven an eight or a six mm. you can go up or down or doubles you okay get rid of your deck all it's right it's fun all right okay but i'm rarely beaten <laughs> okay uh before i go to the last question i want to ask you what made you want to get into belly dancing um i was like 10 or 11 and my mom convinced me to go to this like woman's day celebration and i was like i don't want to go mom uh so i dragged one of my friends with me and we went and there were belly dancers there and we had a great time and i was uh at the end we were talking to uh her name's hallie tibbs she's my teacher still um, we were like, you guys are so cool. Do you teach class? And she gave us the information, and I've been doing it since. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I kind of stumbled into it. And so to get to the level of being like a teacher mm-hmm. of belly dancing, is, is I don't want to say certification, but is there some sort of... No, there's not like a hierarchy, really. I think yeah. it's um, if you are skilled enough and Mm -hmm. have the following it'll happen um there are like some of the really big name dancers like um Swahela Salampour or like Zoe Jakes have a certification program with different levels that you can go so it goes most of them have like three or four and it's like basically a week of workshops and then you can test out of it and be certified in like their style of dance Mm -hmm. But that's not like overall belly dance. That's like one person's specific format. That's not your own okay. dancing. So, so pardon my ignorance, but with belly dancing, um, the origins of that, is that Mediterranean? Is that Middle Eastern? Is it Indian? Uh, well, that's um, hard to answer. Uh, when most people think of belly dance, they're thinking probably rock sharky, which is... Uh, probably what you're picturing with belly dance, like super pretty, like sparkly costumes. And then finger um, symbols. Yeah, zills. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's a kind of a niche thing. Um, so that would be the Egyptian style, I think, is what most people think of. Okay. Um, and in the U.S., like traditional belly dance is usually either Egyptian or Turkish. So Egyptians more earthy looking and Turkish is a lot 
bigger movements. Um, so those are the traditional dances. In America, um, there's it's called like tribal fusion is what people call it. Um, and that's sort of like a catch-all term for like anything you want to do. So people will incorporate Indian dance is really cool. Um, but some people do like belly dance in contemporary, belly dance in hip hop. So it's, there's like belly dance all over the world. Um, and there are traditional styles of belly dance, but there's also a lot of like modern mixing of things. And it's a really cool like international community, honestly imagine last question i promise for on belly dance because this is amazing to me um when you went overseas did you see any belly dance performances uh no no okay all right not yet <laughs> you did go to a belly dancing uh convention yeah. didn't you i went to a convention in colorado okay and is it happening in colorado every year or? yeah it's a tribal elevation okay i'm probably gonna go this year again because it was awesome and does it happen the same time every year yeah when um it's in uh april yeah that might need to be on the bucket list for me to check yeah, out uh check out the show that's like uh people f- like fly in from and it's called tribal yeah is like the american okay but it's like the actual name is much longer or something like that uh, like the tribal formal name elevation of the tribal elevation is the, is the f- convention okay and their performances or is it just like yeah, uh, there's uh workshops and then there's uh, usually like a teacher performance and then like a participant showcase. Okay. So can you go just as somebody who wants to watch yes. belly dance? Uh, and if you are in the golden area, like there are some phenomenal dancers this year. Mariah Chapel is coming and like her technique is so good. It's stupid. I'm so excited to take classes from her. You going to take classes from uh-huh. her? Oh, that's uh-huh. That was like a dream come true when I saw that. Aww. Okay, I like that. Yeah, nerding out on some yes. <laughs> All right, last question. Number one talent. This uh, is innate. Innate, I would say uh, writing. Um, both of my parents are were journalists. They met at a newspaper. They both like write uh, professionally and academically, and so I was always raised with a bunch of books and writing, and it was always just a part of my life. Cool. I like it. How about you, Rachel? Um, innate, probably my sense of humor. Okay. It's like the one thing that I can get mm-hmm. away with, and it's probably the thing I like the most about myself. That's cool. That's good. And last but certainly not least, Maddie. I'd say empathy. Okay. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I'm able to connect with people who come from different backgrounds and standpoints than me um and I think that's a really important quality to have and like any type of friendship or relationship um especially like what I want to do with my career I feel like that's really important to have too cool yeah for sure yeah Mm -hmm. all right study majors empathetic you don't say yeah cool all right you all have any social media or any uh contact info you want to share with the listeners <laughs> uh, it's I am CC Smith on Instagram. I post a lot of like belly dance and aerials and whatever I happen to be doing that day. Okay. I have none. I'm off the grid. <laughs> gotcha. I actually just deleted my Instagram. Okay. So. All right. Cool. Chilling. I, that's I'm cool. in Lincoln, Nebraska. I can look at Misty's Steakhouse. Yeah, go to Misty's Steakhouse. <laughs> cool. All right. So, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, and thank you so much us. for staying at the end. And uh, hopefully, it won't be the last time you come and stay with us. Last time in DC, or next time in DC. Um, but yeah, on behalf of uh, Maddie, Rachel, and Cece, I'm in Keeper Freddy. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>